and welcome back to the whatever it is that we've named this podcast because it was the CMAP study podcast, it was the Future in Finance podcast and then I wasn't sure if I could use the word CMAP so we're going to help you get qualified to be a mortgage advisor. There's a podcast about it. Hi, hello, welcome. Hi. I'm Charlotte, this is Maria. This is Fox. This is Fox. If you are totally new to this, you've managed to jump in on what is going to be the last episode of season one. So welcome you backwards motherfucker. (laughs) Thanks for joining in. This week we are going to be covering topic 25 of the Libbuff London Institute of Banking and Finance textbook. But first we always do a little bit of an introduction just in case you have kind of fallen upon us completely by accident because you clicked on something you shouldn't have done on TikTok. I'm Charlotte. I run Future in Finance. Maria also now helps helps run Future in Finance. I mean, run is strong. I couldn't get qualified to pass my CMAP exams, so I wanted to help other people do it, and now that's what I do full-time, and I love it, and it all started with this podcast. This is not a comprehensive study guide. Please don't think you can listen to these fun episodes and pass your exam, or be anywhere near qualified enough to give out mortgage advice, but this is going to help switch up your studying. There's loads of stuff that I do to help, including fast track courses. I like to call it a masterclass. So it's five days with me in a small group setting over Zoom so that you can sit in the comfort of your own home in your pants. Not in your pants if your camera isn't on and that's your thing. That is also (laughs) totally fine. But I help you get qualified. I help you get through those exams. I also offer e-learning platforms. I offer one-to-one support. I do a bunch of free stuff that you can see on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube on my website, which if I haven't already mentioned is futureinfinance.co.uk, but hopefully you will all already know this because you've done it in some sort of sensible chronological order. And if you have, welcome back. Welcome back. We're gonna be talking topic 25, which is the last topic of this (gasps) textbook. Did you ever think we'd get here? I didn't, it's wild because it must be, what, episode a week? We had the- Episode a week, so the thick end of, I can't do maths. Half a year. Half a year's worth Ooh, of recording. Happy six month anniversary. Happy six month anniversary and thanks for sticking with us. This topic is all about, I've not put my specs on, sorry. Consumer rights, complaints and compensation. That is what we're going to be finishing off with. So there's a couple of different things that we're going to talk about here. First of all, what the rights that we have as customers. We're then going to talk a little bit about different government departments that we need to know about for the purposes, not just for your CMAP exam, but actually, if you're gonna have any kind of financial knowledge, you'll start to follow stuff like the budget and interest rate changes and all that really grown up stuff that you've probably never thought about until right now, or maybe you have. Um, We need to talk about all those different departments. Yep. Then we're gonna talk about complaints. The great British pastime. Outside of queuing. Outside, next to queuing, it's next in line. Complaints, so, who do we complain to? How are complaints meant to be dealt with? What happens if a complaint isn't dealt with? And then compensation limits. So we're gonna finish off talking about something called the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. If you've never heard of those before, first of all, don't panic, most people haven't. Sometimes you hear them on radio adverts being mentioned, like your money is protected for up to 60,000, it's usually 85,000 pounds, if you have money in a bank account. But let's start talking about consumer rights. We have rights as customers, really simply put. And the reason that we expect a level of service when we buy a product is because we have rights. So the Libeff textbook talks about those rights and says we have the right to something that is um, fit for purpose. Uh, We have the right to complain about something. 
and we have the right to return something if it isn't fit for purpose. There's a bunch of different rights that we have. I'm not going to bore you with them because they are quite boring. One thing, though, that we don't have the right to is to pay a fair market value for the products that we have received. Quite what? A few, yeah, so quite a few people have asked me this recently, which tells me it might be a popular exam topic or exam right. question. Yeah. So think about it like toilet roll during lockdown. Or hand sanitizer. You don't... Okay, so basically they can charge what they like for the product there is and yeah. i can see how that would be a trip up question in an exam actually you get presented with four potential answers that all seem very reasonable what are your rights and one of them is the right to a fair market value that seems very common sense doesn't it mm -hmm. but actually not a thing they don't care yeah so you can pay over the odds for anything we have no rights as consumers to pay a fair price for a product that we're paying for um, and it's just important to keep that one in mind because exactly as Maria said, you look at an exam question scenario and you think, well, that seems fair and that seems right. And it seems to be that a lot of people have mentioned it. So it's probably tripping a lot of people up. I mean, it would be a classic. That's a classic exam question, isn't it? Yeah. What, which of these are not? Which of the following, if any, are not consumer rights? And then being charged a fair market value because you'd be like, well, they all seem reasonable. So it's none of them. Exactly. So the reason that we have the right to return something or the right to kick off about something or complain about something is because consumer rights legislation exists. So every so often they will update the consumer rights legislation. I can't remember the years. I want to say the latest one was 2015 and that was the first one that was incorporated mm. digital products because obviously the internet, that happened. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they update just like any other type of legislation. Every so often they will update them to reflect what's going on in the world. And that's that's really all that we're going to cover for yeah. consumer rights. We're going to move on to the departments that we need to know about. Not Again, not just for your CMAP exam, but actually there are departments that we need to know about really as grown-ups to get the right kind of service or to figure yeah. out wh what happens so this isn't just departments. cmap related this is actual life yeah stuff it is be in helpful. the textbook yeah but it's life stuff it's really important life stuff it's helpful for life stuff exactly so this is going to be a pop quiz for you that i haven't prepped maria on oh, just in case anybody's wondering god do okay. you know what the hm treasury do and hm for anybody that doesn't know stands for her majesty his his his, his majesty we got a dude bro wearing the crown now his majesty charlie's sausage fingers <laughs> um his majesty's treasury they're the guys that tax us and give us tax rebates are they are oh, they oh hmrc uh-huh yeah so there's Hey, his Majesty's Revenue and Customs. Treasury and Customs. Yeah, but oh. there's also... So there's... Oh. Hey, okay, there's His Majesty's Revenue and Customs. His Majesty's Revenue and Customs. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. but there is also His Majesty's Treasury. His Majesty's Treasury. Oh, money, money, pot. There we the go. The pot of money. The pot of money. Not the taxi people. Not the taxi people. The pot of... Money people. The pot of gold people. The pot of gold people, that's what I wanted to yeah. say. The department that deals with the economy. Right, is the treasury, mm -hmm. not the taxes. Exactly. So My bad guys, sorry. They kind of do 
have something to do with tax in the sense that they will decide the budget stuff. So they will decide who okay. is going to get taxed what. Okay, but not the takey, taxi, rebatey people. Exactly. Technical that terminology. is the next one. My oh. next one was going to be, do you know who HMRC or His Majesty's Revenue and Customs, what do they do, Maria? Um, tax you. <laughs> tax you? Give you tax back sometimes so <laughs> I, we talk quite a lot about how when we used to work together but we used to work together over a decade ago yeah in a an insurance call center mm-hmm. and i worked full-time and maria worked <laughs> part-time yeah and one year we both got a letter <laughs> well um, no you were at my house oh, we yeah, went back I... to mine and i'd got a letter and I got a letter to Maria's house because when I was looking for this job I didn't actually have anywhere to live so I said can I put your address down as my workplace and as my place of living so yeah. that I could get a job Maria was like yeah sure that's no problem so we both get a letter to Maria's house and Maria opens hers first and she's like oh, I've had a tax rebate yeah, it was like 250 quid as well which is impressive when you work part-time and you're doing a master's degree as a student that's a huge amount of money 250 pounds was a huge amount of money to me not as a student <laughs> Just as trying to make ends meet, and I open my little letter and I open it, and it's like you've underpaid tax by four hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> I was telling Damien that story the other day. <laughs> I was like, it's still one of the best because you were like, oh my god, mine's going to be a tax rebate too. And I was like, I work full time. Mine must be at least double Maria's. Oh no, I owed them money, and I already work full time, and they already taxed me more. So now, every time I get a letter come through, oh, I've had yeah. one tax rebate since then. But oh, I got one for 1200 a couple of weeks ago. Oh, videographer Chris is just, 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 just what? jumping in. I never had one. £1,200. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a decent amount. So videographer Chris is, is doing a little dance behind the camera. He's flashing us. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's doing a dance behind the camera. You can't see. He just said, in case the mic didn't pick it up, £1,200 tax rebate. So... Congratulations, Chris. I expect a good Christmas present. My 250 quid looks shit now. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Although the rate of inflation does it. I don't know what the rate of inflation is, so I don't know. We'll skip over that then. Okay, then. But HMRC, they are the guys that deal with um, your tax stuff. Then we've got the Department for Work and Pensions. Don't even talk to me about them. I don't want to talk to them. Are they not the, 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 the... benefit guys they are the benefits guys yeah. and maria has a, a love-hate relationship and the fact that they hate her and she hates them there's there no is no love, love. <laughs> yeah. um, with those guys so they deal with things like benefits and they deal with pensions we've got the national crime agency which is still one of the best parts of the textbook so i'm going to quote them directly they their role is to protect the public by disrupting and bringing to justice those serious and organized criminals who present the highest risk to the uk oh my god they're the financial Ad- avengers yeah they are the financial avengers 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 Ad- avengers <laughs> avengers um there's that one and then there's the money and pension service we mentioned those a couple of topics a, a couple of yeah. recordings ago so they're called maps if you ever need help with money stuff if you have it in debt very often you'll be referred to maps and the last one is pension oh sorry no the last one is not pension wise maps took over the pensions advisory service and the and pension wise they all got squished together. together into one group of four different departments and they form maps the money and pension service okay the next one on the list is which what do you know about which are they the question mark guys 
the ones that it's like which good house no good housekeeping something different Mm -hmm. the like good purchase thing where it comes up on the advert in the little circle thing and it's like woohoo you stick into google what's the best dyson to get when you've got four dogs not a dyson and which will be like pay a, a fee and we will tell you and every time i see it i go fuck off that's what all the other free google pages are for i'm not gonna pay you for something turns out which do a lot more than just charge you for reviews of stuff so they advocate for customers so if you have a complaint about a product you can ring up which or you can contact them however they like to be contacted and say hey i've i've got this product and i don't think it's fit for purpose it could be a financial product like a bank account you can complain to which they will collect all of these complaints and they have something what's called a super complaints status so if they get enough complaints from enough different customers they can package together a not a claim like a case and pitch it to the it's either the fca or foz and i need to fact check this first but they can take their complaint directly to them and go people being detrimented what are you doing and they have a, a responsibility that's so interesting. I back. didn't know that existed. Also, the fact know. that so many people don't know correct complaints procedure blows my mind. Exactly. We're going to move on, to actually, to complaints procedure right about now. The only other department I wanted to mention quickly was citizens' advice. We've spoken about them a little Unsung bit Unsung heroes. Yeah, so if you ever have any problems to do with anything. literally anything, you can literally use anything. advice. And you get like a half hour free... Yeah, legal consultation. Legal consultation. They're super helpful. So you might speak to somebody who can't afford to pay their mortgage. Um, There are probably better places to direct them, but Citizens Advice would be one of them. It's like, hey, speak to these guys, get some free legal advice, take it from there. But again, there's probably better places that you would send people to. But Citizens Advice will then direct people. Exactly. They're like an immediate, they're like a crisis point to direct you to the correct area. So. And also it's just a friendly voice on the end of the phone that's not your bank. <laughs> Which is always way better than your bank. Yeah. Let's move on to complaints. So Excellent. we uh, we love to complain. But yeah. within the FCA guidelines for businesses, they have certain rule sets that businesses have to follow mm-hmm. to deal with our complaints. Yeah. And actually, this puts you as a customer in a better position to make a complaint once you know these. So this is kind of handy hints for everybody, whether or not you're going to work in financial services. The first most, Im- I say most important, it's probably not, but when you make a complaint with a company, mm-hmm. they have to resolve that complaint within eight weeks. It is an FCA requirement that they resolve that complaint within eight weeks. Yep. I have been told it's also a very common exam question. So please make notes if you're in a position to do so. There's a rule set that says, hey, if you can resolve this complaint within three days, you actually don't ever have to put it in your reporting to us. So what you'll find is when you make a complaint with a company, if it's just something to do with like you've had shitty advice over the phone, you've had an advisor that's just having a bad day, they will aim to resolve it in three days because then there's effectively no record of that complaint ever happening. Mm -hmm. However, the timescale is within eight weeks. Yeah. If either they think that they have resolved it within eight weeks and they've closed it down and they've either they've dealt with it or they've just said, actually, we think you didn't have any cause for complaint. Yep. They will say to you, we've resolved your complaint. If you want to take it further, you can take it onto the financial ombudsman service. Mm-hmm. So I made a complaint with British Gas a few years ago because my gas and electric bills were astronomical. And I know that you're thinking like, who doesn't think that? But this was before the price increases. Yeah. 
Um, it turns out underfloor heating is really expensive and I moved into a place that had underfloor heating and it was winter and oh my god I took naps on that floor and I paid the price I was convinced that my meters were just broken and I complained to British Gas and they were like no this is a you problem 600 pound a month I took it onto the financial ombudsman service and they also told me that that it was just me and my underfloor heating and that my meters weren't broken um but you can take a complaint onto the financial ombudsman if you disagree with the business's outcome businesses every single financial services business has to pay a fee like a monthly membership to the financial ombudsman service and that's how they keep going yeah um and there is a a particular rule set that says they can have if they have let's say they have 10 complaints over a year that are referred to the financial ombudsman Mm -hmm. the first three cases get referred to for free from that fourth case and fourth case onwards the business is charged a fee for every case that is referred to FOS. Yeah. Whether or not it is justified. Yeah. So what you'll find is if you make a complaint with a business and you think you're justified in the complaint, you can be like, look, I'll just take it to the financial ombudsman. The fee for them as a business a decade ago used to be about 350 quid. Oh, it will have gone up a fair amount. It will be a lot more now. I don't know by how much, but it's good to know that as a customer because sometimes if you say that, they'll be like, well, it's cheaper for us to give you 200 quid than it is for us to pay for 300 quid so yeah. it's always handy to know that but the idea is is that if a complaint goes to the financial ombudsman and they deal with it the the decision that the financial ombudsman come to is binding on the business right but it is not binding on you as a customer oh so in the instance of me with british gas i technically could have decided that i didn't believe british gas and i didn't believe foz and i could have taken them to court would have been expensive and a massive waste of time and money but I could have done that. Okay, yeah. So you do have, as the consumer, a, the right to take it further. Exactly. But there's a, a particular rule set that's different with the pension ombudsman service, who I'm going to loop back onto in a second. But with the pension ombudsman, the decision is binding on both the pension company and, and the, customer. the customer. And that's right. the key difference that you need to take away with those. But the pension ombudsman is very similar to the financial ombudsman service in the sense that if you have a complaint about a pension provider or a pension scheme that can't be resolved directly with the company you have the right to take it on to the pension ombudsman and they will resolve it got it perfect um the textbook goes into a huge more amount of detail about those processes so definitely check those out it's really important to know uh, it's not a comprehensive study guide as i always say the last thing that i want to talk to you guys about is compensation limits do you know what the financial services compensation scheme or who the financial services compensation scheme are? Nope. The idea is, as customers, our money is protected up to a certain limit. Yes. So if you had your money, give me a bank, any bank. Oh, is this all the stuff that's going around on the radio at the minute about if you, um, I think it's a pension company that are advertising and they're saying your money is protected by the financial services compensation, services scheme. compensation scheme if you invest in this pension so pensions have their own um scheme but it's exactly the same thing so if you have money in natwest bank yeah and for whatever reason natwest bank tomorrow was to collapse they become insolvent (laughs) they lose all of their customers money Mm -hmm. your money is protected through the financial services compensation scheme up to a certain limit and for any financial product it is the same it's 
it is and it isn't. So there's certain percentages relating to the type of product that you take out. So it's usually up to a certain percentage with a maximum limit of £85,000 per business, per firm. Okay. So you have 85 grand in an account, it's protected. Yeah. If you have £100,000, you're protected up to £85,000. Okay. If we had a joint account, we would get £85,000 each in that joint account. Okay, that makes sense. The difference, the one caveat is insurance companies. So if you remember that £85,000, that's great. Insurance companies, you are protected up to 100% of the claim value. It's the only one that's 100%. Oh. Only insurance. Only insurance. And the the last little nugget of information is if you had a million pounds in your bank account because you won the lottery yesterday, mm-hmm. you would be protected for that full amount as long as you can provide that it's only been in there short term. So you would have to say to them, I've just won the lottery. Look, it was in the account for three days. What is the short? What's the... Six months. Oh. And you have to prove that it's in there because of an event like... Lottery win, inheritance, divorce settlement. Okay, it's not just you've just shoved all your savings into it just for the no, sheer hell of it. It has to be because of a particular set of circumstances. Right. You could be covered for up to a million pounds. And I think, because Chris is flashing up with some signs that say we might be out of time for this episode, I think that brings us really nicely to not just the end of this episode, but the end of this season. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for being with us guys it has been a real pleasure we're not going to have much of a break we're going to jump right back in with season two um pretty much probably we'll be recording it as you guys are tuning into this yeah season two we're going to cover cmap two and three so we're going to give you the full cmap experience we might even uh do a couple of special episodes to recap if there have been any textbook changes that you need to know about but yes. we need to catch up on those ourselves first as yep. always though you know where to find us futureinfinance.co.uk is the main one but we have instagram we have tiktok we have youtube everything you can send me a whatsapp if you want to but please keep getting in touch please keep asking questions please keep saying hey i've listened to the podcast and i'm not fucking bored anymore because that's the best thing that happens to us all day but thanks so much for tuning in and we will catch you for season two cute out